This episode will be the first episode under the category grab bag. For these, I will ensure that I do enough research on the specific topic to have an understanding greater than top level and can speak somewhat intelligently on them. As the social sciences are not my forte, I spent a little extra on this topic and wanted to make sure I combined enough resources so that a solid message forward could be created. Trigger warning, this episode includes some items that you may identify with personally, and I want you to know that I'm not specifically targeting any individual. The examples are pulled from secondhand knowledge, and as this world is a multifaceted endeavor, my views and understanding could be skewed. These are simply the situations that have been relayed to me via trusted persons. Please enjoy this first grab bag episode. After the first episode of season two, a Facebook message came in from a listener regarding a topic to broach, toxic leadership. I want to start with the statement that I am not an expert on the legal system, Department of Defense, or civilian. If anything in this podcast is not legally accurate, it is due to that fact. If you have any questions regarding legalities of reprisal, favoritism, assault, unethical treatment, or anything in our Air Force, please consult the legal office. They are your resource and should be the only entity that you are accepting legal advice from. The full message from Facebook reads as follows. How to combat a toxic work environment mixed with toxic leadership and toxic followership that now blends into our social lives with the expansion of teleworking and social media communications. And how do we keep our own personal identity politics without influencing how leadership perceives us negatively as in reprisal or positively for favoritism? This individual didn't specifically ask to be kept anonymous. However, if they feel that they will reap reprisal from this topic being discussed, I want to ensure that I do not instigate any repercussions that could come inadvertently to them. I will say this up front. If you feel like you're being treated unfairly and have tried to resolve it with your direct leadership and are not getting any traction you feel is necessary or any reprieve, please reach out to me through email and I will sit down with you to discuss if this is something we should bring to the group leadership. I am not your first sergeant or in your chain of command at all, but as a senior non-commissioned officer, if an airman comes to me because they feel that they work in a toxic work environment, I am going to listen and work towards a resolution. Caveat to this, I am a mandatory reporter if you tell me something illegal has occurred, so be cognizant of that. I will also add that if you bring something to me, I'm going to ask you hard questions so that we can ascertain if you are in the wrong or being overly sensitive. Everyone's sensitivity levels are different, and we need to ensure that we don't let things fester internally and let them get bigger in our own heads to where they have morphed into the mountain that should have remained a molehill. That being said, I haven't specifically discussed this with them, but I do feel it's a pretty good bet that neither Colonel Mack, Lieutenant Colonel Davis, nor Chief Bjorkum are of the mindset that a toxic leader should be in a position over any 692 ISRG airman. If I am mistaken, rest assured they will let me know. I want to discuss what a leader is from the Air Force perspective so we can differentiate between a toxic leader and simply a toxic person. Air Force Handbook 1, Section 10.2, The Art and Science of Leadership. A leader is considered a person who directs a military force or unit and or who has commanding authority or influence. With this in mind, we can explain the act of leading in the Air Force as the art and science of accomplishing the Air Force mission by motivating, influencing, and directing airmen. This highlights two central elements, 
the mission, objective, or task to be accomplished, and the airmen who will accomplish it. All aspects of leadership should support the Air Force mission and its airmen. Successful leaders recognize that people are the most valuable resource, and without them, the organization fails. So now let's talk about what toxic leadership is, and we will also make some references to the toxic followership that was discussed in a previous episode with Senior Master Sergeant Martin Foster and Senior Master Sergeant Les Boyd. First, toxic leaders. A study at Binghamton University noted that there are two types of toxic leaders, dark bosses and dysfunctional bosses. Both are severely detrimental to good order and discipline, which is literally the defining goal of our rules and regulations across uniformed services. Now, after some discussion with leaders within our group, one more type of toxic leader has come up, and I'd like to add that to the list, and we can get into some of the traits that are representative of it. Outside of the dark bosses and dysfunctional bosses, you also have those that are the my way or highway style of leadership, regardless of the effect it has on the personnel. Some of you may be curious as to some examples of toxic leadership. Not too long ago, some of our airmen witnessed a master sergeant threaten physical harm of a non-commissioned officer. What happened to the senior non-commissioned officer? Well, there were no repercussions, and he was even selected for promotion to senior master sergeant due to a stratification from group leadership. When that threat occurred in front of three senior airmen, one staff sergeant, and two technical sergeants, what are they supposed to think of the system we have implemented? If the squadron commander ignores the anonymous feedback reports that they received, or it is used as a targeting function to figure out who is ratting people out, how are our airmen supposed to feel about the Air Force? If you were in this unit, would you consider this a systemic problem of the unit, the leadership, the group, or even the Air Force? I will tell you that I truly believe that the group leadership had no knowledge of the situation. However, that doesn't stop the airmen from feeling like they are constantly working in an unsafe environment and they have no avenues to discuss the issues with a seemingly blatant disregard for good order and discipline. Also, there are a number of our intelligence officers today that were present at Goodfellow from 2009 to 2011 who either had a direct interaction or simply heard the stories regarding the allegations of the then 315th Training Squadron Commander, Lieutenant Colonel Rollerad, and Director of Operations, Major Chianini. I was not present and have no direct knowledge of anything specific. However, the San Antonio Express News article, released June 25th of 2016, is easily searchable with a little Google magic. I worked in the 315th Training Squadron starting in 2013, and the majority of the instructors and cadre that were present had a plethora of horror stories but I will not speculate on hearsay. I will just say, if half of the stories are true, we had some horrible personnel in leadership positions, and anyone capable of the actions described should never have been promoted to a position that they had the ability to enact such detriment on airmen's lives. With each of these examples of toxic leaders, it is incumbent that we ensure that we report these actions. If you don't feel like your supervisor is dealing with it, tell your shirt. If the first sergeant doesn't take care of it, tell the commander. If they are the problem, go to the IG. Unfortunately, there are a lot of airmen today that feel that blasting it to specific Facebook pages is the only way to get resolution, but you're essentially removing the opportunity for anyone in the chain of command to resolve it. Again, I haven't spoken with Colonel Mack, Lieutenant Colonel Davis, or Chief Bjorkum about this specific situation. However, I do strongly feel that if you are in one of these situations, you can walk into any of their offices and say, sir or ma'am, I need to talk to you about something serious in my section, flight, or squadron. Do you have some time to talk? The execs will not be too happy if you make their people late to something, but I promise you these are more important and take precedence. Also, with the threat of violence, if this happens, you have security forces as well. Bottom line is, you have options, and no one in our Air Force should have to deal with these kinds of situations or the multitude of others that constitute toxic. 
Dark bosses can be toxic. They intend to hurt the organization and employees out of a sense of pleasure or a deep-seated hurt of their own. They're destructive and cause suffering in order to elevate their own standing. Dysfunctional bosses don't mean any harm. Unfortunately, they're just not great at being a boss. While they may have good intentions for the organization, they put other things above leadership and show little interest in getting better. The my way or the highway bosses are headstrong to a fault. They rarely consider the inputs of their people, regardless of the situation, and press their people forward sometimes into destructive headings. This is most evident with commanders or supervisors that feel that their position or experience tops those of their personnel. I promise you we are all fallible and we are all better when we consider the experiences of others. Always. Each type has degrees of severity and some traits may overlap. However, identifying the basic type of toxic leadership can help you cope with them. With the dark bosses, you need to address your fears. Toxic leaders tend to exploit the fears of their subordinates and even peers. Whatever you feel insecure about, they seem to be experts at picking at them and ridiculing you about those things that you are weakest at. A true leader recognizes your flaws and weaknesses and directs you on a path to improve upon them or moves you to projects that your talents can thrive. Toxic leaders will take them and exploit them to make gains in their own careers. What also can help is reframing your story. Toxic leaders or just toxic people in general tend to create narratives that elevate their image and diminishes the perception of others. Gaslighting and gossiping is a normal practice, and it is important to keep the real story in your head or even document it. If your boss tends to act this way, they are probably talking to individuals higher than you, even those that can affect your promotion or career progression. So ensure that when something happens, document it and have the first sergeant put it in your personnel folder. They don't mind holding on to documentation if it protects you or the unit. If the toxic individual isn't your direct supervisor, your boss can hold this document as well. Just remember to stick to the facts if you do something like this, not hearsay or second-party information. What you saw, heard, and experienced. How you felt about it. If there were others present, have them do the same. Minor things still need to be documented because most toxic people have been doing a lot of minor things that get overlooked that have amounted to a pattern of abuse. Coping with a dysfunctional boss is a little more difficult as they don't want to hurt you and are simply inept. First method of dealing with this kind of boss is to remind yourself of the mission or the task at hand. These types of bosses are probably the most common as we tend to promote people that have proven themselves until they reach a rank where they will no longer be competent, and that rank is where they will hopefully stop. However, that rank could make the unit a disastrophe. That's disaster and catastrophe combined. You also need to learn to rest and reset after dealing with these individuals as they can be a huge drain on your mental, physical, and even spiritual health. They are inept, and that causes you to work to fix the mistakes that were made, ensure that tasks and projects are still moving in the right direction, and maybe even work longer hours to make up for the lost time or efforts. Going back and forth with your boss can be exhausting and could cause delays and deadlines to be encroached upon. So ensuring that you are taking care of yourself, getting plenty of rest, venting your frustrations to Chaplain Edison and Lieutenant Colonel Bigdis, or taking that four-mile walk or run the next morning is going to help keep you level-headed and prevent you from catching an LOR for insubordination or disrespecting a higher-ranking official. Take it from the guy who literally yelled at a lieutenant on the ops floor in front of 30-plus people as a staff sergeant. I did not exercise self-care as I needed, and I learned a valuable lesson. The U.S. Army Doctrine Publication 6-22 Army Leadership defines toxic leadership as a combination of self-centered attitudes, motivations, and behaviors that have adverse effects on subordinates, the organization, and mission performance. Toxic leaders consistently use dysfunctional behaviors to deceive, intimidate, coerce, 
or unfairly punish others to get what they want for themselves. The Center for Army Leadership Technical Report 2011-3 presents an overview of techniques that subordinates can use to appear less threatening and more likable, hoping to deflect the toxic leader's attention such as improving individual positive effectivity, reflecting on the positives of your own well-being, emotions, and levels of personal engagements, leveraging feedback tools to enhance individual resilience, and utilizing ingratiation techniques, appearing more amiable to persons or groups so that they may accept them or comply with their requests. If you want to read the full two-year study, I will include the link in the description. The Army Press has also discussed the measures that they have taken to educate and sometimes remove those that continue these practices. However, only recently have they delved into the effects, both short and long-term, that have come from the years or even decades of exposure. I will also include some articles from the U.S. Army Press if you are interested in them. A Leading in Context article discusses 13 side effects of toxic leadership. Some include low productivity, low morale, lack of meaning in work, and the lack of trust in each other and the organization. Now, any of these side effects can cause huge damages to an individual and even more to the unit. Low morale has been an incessant issue across the uniformed services, especially in the nearly two decades of conflict in the Middle East. For some, deployments are a reprieve from the daily life and only look favorably on promotion boards. However, depending on the career field, certain groups of individuals have had to burden a larger majority of the work involved. Low productivity has many causes and can be diagnosed as a lot of different things, but if someone dreads going to work each day due to a toxic work environment, it should be expected that productivity would slow, even come to a halt, as the member has to miss more work to seek help in coping strategies from our mental, physical, and spiritual health experts. At the end of the day, we need each Big A airman to feel safe in their workplace. Safe in the sense of physically and emotionally. You need to know that your opinions and ideas are worthy of discussion, that your contributions are essential to the success of this unit and our Air Force, and that you will not be harassed, threatened, or assaulted by anyone that wears the same uniform as you or those that don't. And if you are, people who are charged with leadership over you will listen and act when you bring the issue up with them. I want to bring up a few notes on the toxic followership discussion that two of our senior mass sergeants had in February of 2020. Senior Master Sergeant Boyd discusses a scene he witnessed where a director of operations punches an NCO in the chest that causes the NCO to fall to the ground. The senior non-commissioned officers that came out were not there to check on him, but to reaffirm that he understood that's just the way he is, and to confirm that they support that behavior. This specifically created rifts within the leadership chain, one for operations and one for administration. It also caused Senior Master Sergeant Boyd to have a complete distrust in his senior NCOs. He also discusses how many people simply post to social media to not seek resolution, but simple validation. His words echo an NCO Journal article from 2018 that discusses four ways that our personnel can turn into toxic followers. Engage in illegal, immoral, or unethical behavior. Failing to join the team you're on. Social media is the preferred forum to let the world know how bad the chain of command or unit is. And allowing disagreements to lead to disloyalty. That full article will also be in the description. There are so many things that Senior Master Sergeant Les Boyd discusses, and I absolutely cannot do his thoughts justice. So please take the 40 minutes to listen to the Season 1 episode titled Toxic Followership with guest Senior Master Sergeant Les Boyd. The second part of the listener's post addressed our personal identity politics and how they are being used. The military already has plenty of documents regarding the political arena and what we can and can't do. Again, if you have questions, you need to seek advice and guidance from the legal office. We are an apolitical force, as the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs and Secretary of Defense have already stated. Your political views are yours and yours alone. 
When you start treating people differently due to political stances, you are in the wrong and encroaching upon the immoral, illegal, and unethical that is always the basis for determining if something is against good order and discipline. If you have the relationship with a coworker that is built upon trust and understanding and it has reached a level of rapport that politics can be discussed, then do so on your own time outside of the office. When you disagree with a policy that our elected officials have up for a vote, let them know how you feel. You are allowed to disagree with a policy. What you are not allowed to do is attack, belittle, or demean any elected official or superior officer, regardless on social media platform or with other forms of communication. It's actually just a bad idea to say anything bad about anyone. Remember the lessons you learned in kindergarten. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Due to the sensitive nature of this, I feel that this portion will have to be spoken in person to the individual that posed the question. Politics recently have touched on so many things that they have broached moral issues. I hate the idea of not having a conversation, but these kinds of conversations need to be had in a face-to-face setting with trust and understanding on all sides. So I will stop here and hope that the individual that this is in response to understands. Thank you for listening to this first episode of Grab Bag. If you're interested in some of the resources that I pulled from to build this episode, they will be in the details. This is your podcast. I'm just the man putting the information into a format that you can digest in a shorter period of time. If you have any ideas, recommendations for future podcast shows or guests that you'd like to hear from, let us know by going to any of the socially acceptable means of communication and leave us a comment. Facebook URL is facebook.com forward slash group forward slash 692D podcast. The email is simply 692dpodcast at gmail.com, and you can always leave us a message on the Mattermost channel. If you can't get to any of those, send me an email at derek.addison at us.af.mil, and I'll respond as soon as possible. That's the show for today, so for now, aloha, take care of yourself, and if you can, take care of someone else too. 